BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun. On a Wednesday, it's a hump day, baby, and we're we're two days left in the book tour, and then I get to fly home back to my own bed, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. Actually, of course we are, but not right now. We have so much we have to get to first. We're going to get heavy philosophical here in a second, but what's on tap for tonight? Obviously, we're going to address the latest and greatest when it comes to Trump, the indictment what the GOP should do, what they won't do, the power grid, Bill Gates, Pride Month, targets being attacked by the LGBTQ demon mob, and so much more coming up tonight on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. But I want, I want to hit something first, right off the bat. There's a headline I saw today, and there's an email that goes with it, and it has me thinking about something. So stay with me. The headline is, Trump's lawyer warns indictment is a turning point in U.S. history. Okay? All right. 
This one says, world-famous cookbook author, <laughs> hear me out. Trump getting arrested slash convicted, jailed, is good. Yes, it's horrible and shouldn't happen, but I don't see how Normie Norm wakes up unless something drastic happens and the low-T GOP gets involved. Okay, all right, all right. so let's, let's discuss something because I got another email that said, Jesse, America is a fail experiment, a failed experiment, a failure. Jesse, we failed. Okay, but let's, let's set all that stuff aside for a minute because we're going to come back and we'll address every one of those things in order. But let's start with the last thing first. America's a failed experiment, he said. Let's do a little, little mind game, I guess I should say, or let's just game something out, you and me. Let's say you and I started a country tomorrow. That's, I got mega rich. The Jesse Kelly burger, I, I patented it. That's what happened. I patented the world-famous Jesse Kelly burger, Chris. And the burger, it took off like wildfire, because of course it would. And eventually, I become a, a trillionaire. I buy a gigantic island, a big one, like the size of Australia, even though Australia is the only island that size. But I buy a huge island. And I start my own country. I don't know exactly how you do that, how you incorporate a new nation. But let's say I do it. You and me, we do it together. We start, well, the Republic of Jesse, because that's what it was called. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. The Republic of Jesse. We start it. We have a constitution. We have a form of government. People begin to flock to our new country because, of course, they would quit. Anyway, we have a new country. We're kicking things off. Things are slow in the beginning, and then we get really, really ramped up, and we turn out to be a very, very successful country for a while. And I don't mean five years, 10 years. I mean 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, 250 years. Let's just do that. 250 years, the Republic of Jesse it's a thriving nation. What do I mean by a uh, thriving nation? Obviously, it won't be perfect because no nation ever is perfect. But let's say the bulk of our people, the vast majority of them, they have an above average, a really above average standard of living. Clean water, good health care. Uh, it's a literate society. People can read and write. We have inventions that are great engineering feats that are impressive. We even do works of art, even though that obviously wouldn't be my specialty, but we do. We make music and movies and, and paintings, and, and we have quite a resume for 250 years where people, generation after generation after generation after generation, they live and live well. And we know, you know, I know, there are so many places in the world where life expectancy is low, extremely low, where people exist in a constant state of violence. You look at a country like uh, Yemen. Yemen's a great example. Those poor people in that country, most of them, it's no fault of their own. They grow up and they live a life of poverty, sickness, violence. Now terrorism is ravaging that nation. You 
You send your child off to school in Yemen, off to uh, the eighth grade one day, and you know, as a mother, as a father, there's a reasonable chance you will never see your child again. Someone will blow him up, he'll get kidnapped, recruited into a terrorist organization. But we don't live that way in the Republic of Jesse. In the Republic of Jesse, our kids go to school, and they're pretty safe for a long time. Good education, good founding. And this goes on for 250 years, and then... At the end of that 250 years, we start to stumble, and then we start to crumble. Government's getting corrupted. Those, those reading and writing things, our, our excellent education, that starts to kind of eat away. We have big portions of our society. They graduate from high school. They can't really read or write anymore. Look at Baltimore today. We have the quality of people's life, quality of people's health care begins to go downhill. Our government, federal, state, assuming we had states, local, starts to get more and more gross and corrupt. This politician does this illegal. This politician does that illegal. Our foreign policy gets kind of icky. We start to figure out that our foreign policy just is geared towards enriching. You know, you know, you know the basics. You know where I'm going here. But that doesn't change the fact that for 250 years, Generation after generation after generation lived a relatively good life in the Republic of Jesse. Let me ask you an honest question. Do you consider that a failure? Is that a failure? It's an excellent question. And I say that because it's my freaking question. It's an excellent question. Look, let, you know what? Forget that. Let's set that aside because that's too broad. We know where we're going there. Let's make it about you and your life. I know that your life is not perfect. You know how I know that? Because nobody's life is perfect. People have hardships. We, uh, I was speaking of the book tour. We just had an incredible event in Salt Lake City. We get to have a big event tonight in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Then it's Tampa tomorrow. Anyway, it was 400-some people in Salt Lake City. It was over. We overwhelmed the bookstore. We sold out the books. The publisher, everyone's doing backflips. There's a reasonable chance we're on the New York Times bestseller list. It's insane. But the best part was hearing briefly, because I can only talk to you for a minute, your stories. And I know you have problems, because I have problems. Everyone has have problems. People lose their jobs. People have divorces. People have uh, loved ones who die. One lady, her son died. And who wants to bury a child, right? People get sick. One lady had cancer several times. People screw up on their own. But overall, let's say you live 70, 80 years in this life, and you've got all kinds of good in your life. Maybe you've got a kid or two that turned out well. Maybe you got a marriage that didn't, but one that did. Maybe you failed at this job and that job, but eventually you succeeded in one. And you live 80 years and you lay your head down and you're surrounded as you die on your deathbed by a loving wife, two loving kids, passing along at least a couple bucks for retirement. Do you consider your life a failure? I consider that life to be a great success. Back to America. Back to the whole Trump stuff because we're going to dig into this briefly, kind of where we are and why we are where we are. Let's say... Let's say we're at the beginning of the end. That might sound a little dramatic, but when I go through kind of where I see us going here and where I see us, uh, maybe you would agree, maybe you don't, and that's fine. But let's say we are at the beginning of the end. Let's say we're not, uh, we're not over. America isn't going to crumble tomorrow. That's, that's ridiculous. But let's say we are. We're, we're on the downhill slope now. Are we a failure? I argue that we are not. 
I argue that even if this is the beginning of the end, and now we're going to go into this downward spiral phase where these crooks start arresting these people and killing other people, where we have higher and higher percentages of our population who are living in poverty and and don't have the things that we want people to have, and as things kind of crumble around us, I think that the history books a thousand years from now, when they're writing the history of America, the same way we read history books about the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire and the Ottoman Empire, I think that the history of the world will look back on the, on the United States of America, this experiment of limited government and a republic and things like that, and I think the history of the world will look back on us fondly. Oh, there's no question they will point out our flaws and failures. And because they're history books, there's no question they'll get some things wrong. Maybe gigantic things because history books have a way of doing that. But I think if you're lamenting the state of our country, and that's very understandable right now, I think it wouldn't hurt to take at least a moment and be proud of what the American experiment has been. Perfect? Of course not. That's ridiculous. Overall, a good for the people who have lived in this nation and an overall good for the world? I say yes. And I say that's something to smile about because you got to live it, at least briefly. I got to live it. God only gives us a little bit of time on this earth that my time, my 60, 70 years, however long I live, was spent here in America. Man, I'm nothing but grateful. I could have been in Yemen. All right, let's talk about where we're going. And the Trump stuff. And is this going to wake up Normie Norm and where we could be going? And let's address all these things still to come on The Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. I need to remind you, don't scream at me. I'm on a book tour. I'm flying all over the country. I will not be here Friday. All right. Next week, we're back. Book tour's over. It's all done. It's all said and done. Back in studio, regular schedule, everything will be normal, but I cannot be here Friday. It just is what it is. It's the life of a world-famous author, Chris. Anyway, you can email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday right now. Email those in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com because that will be our show tomorrow. All three hours your questions jesse at jessekellyshow.com they do not have to be political just a reminder they can be that's fine it can be about anything though ask me anything jesse at jessekellyshow.com now that was where we are is america a failure is it not a failure now let's let's address this let's address the headline that this is a turning point Trump's indictment is a turning point. I'm not sure if I agree. And this is what this is what I mean. Let me clarify. I guess I don't see it as being surprising. And I know you don't either because you listen to the show. You've known, you've known where this is going and why this is going there. You've known this for a long time. You think about it. I have no doubt you. You read about it, you think about it, you talk about it with your friends, you listen to the show. You, I, I know you think about it, but let's again, let's go over something here. This goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, America, and are we a failure, and how the, the things that it didn't work out. We, this is what we love as human beings. Actually, 
set that aside. I, maybe everyone's not the same. This is what I love as a person. I love reliability. I am not really in love with shiny and sexy. I love reliability. Hey, Jesse, here's a really uh, fancy watch. Here's a Rolex. But uh, just a heads up, it's one of these watches you have to take it in every six months because it has a special battery and get the battery redone. Or instead, you can have this little watch, this little Timex, and that battery should last you 10 years. Give me the Timex all day long. All day long. I don't care about the fancy. I don't care about the shiny. Give me the Timex. Here's a fancy car. It's really awesome. It's sweet. Now it has some maintenance problems, and then you're going to have to take it in now and then. But, well, look at this Lamborghini. Wow. Or, hey, here's a Toyota Camry. It gets about 9,000 miles per gallon, and it'll go for half a million miles before it even needs an oil change. Give me the Camry all day long. I am a fan of reliability. Show me something that will show up every day. As much as I give crap to Jewish producer Chris, you know what the best thing about Chris is beyond his incredible work ethic? And I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel so gross. Beyond Chris's incredible work ethic, you know what the best thing about Chris is? Every day he's there. And Michael, both of them, every day. Show up on time, there. Stuff gets done every single day. Reliability. We like things that will last things that are guarantees it gives us peace of mind don't give me too many moving parts too many things that go wrong so when we think about things like a nation we and when we think about things like our government and our nation we want it we want to now nitpick it because things are coming apart on us but no nation you like history i like history no nation no form of government to be more specific has ever lasted forever. That's not how it works. You know why governments don't last forever? You know why our government, why our precious nation is crumbling? Do you know why it didn't last forever? Because it's run by men. Mankind, I mean. It's run by men. And we men, you, me, all of us, ladies, you're included, we are all flawed. We are all sinful. We will eventually, no matter what, no matter what, we will ruin even good gifts we have been given. We did that to America. That doesn't mean it was bad. That doesn't mean it failed. That means we're human. Okay, so you say this is a turning point. I don't agree. I say this is inevitable. When you have a nation... Like we had, we started out hard scrabble, tough, let's get going, limited government, freedom, and you eventually work your way up by the grace of God and our free market capitalist system, and you become this massively prosperous nation, and you acquire that much wealth as a country, that is inevitably, not that wealth is bad, not that I'm complaining about money or wealth, that kind of wealth, though, that kind of comfort, really, that will inevitably lead to man ruining it in the end. That's how countries go. Trump being indicted isn't a turning point. It's an inevitable stop on our descent. That's all it is. You know this. I know this. We've discussed it at length. And there are historical examples for how this happens ones we have dus discussed before on the show in fact one you know what 
we're actually going to discuss one of those real quick. Let's let's do a little historical example. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And can we stop all this? Can we stop this dissent? I, I argue we can, that it is possible. And I will get to that in just a moment. Just a reminder to you, the iHeartRadio app is free. You can go download it free. The show is free. The podcast is free. They podcast every show after it's done on iHeart. Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Now, let's go back. I have all kinds of sound and things I want to get to tonight, but I just had a bunch of stuff I wanted to get off my chest. Stuff I've been thinking about in my in my travels, Chris. It's the life of a traveling celebrity author. It's not anything you... What, Chris? It's nothing you would understand. <laughs> anyway, shut up. Back to our historical examples. We've used this one before because I find it to be so appropriate. But the Roman Republic... The Roman Republic was something that really was unique for its time. So unique for its time. No kings. No. No kings. No monarchs here. We are a a republic. We are run by the Senate. We are a republic. No kings. They were adamant about it. No kings. And for the longest time, for a long time, that republic worked really well. Not for everybody, of course. Never does. But for a lot of people, for most people in Roman society, it was a success and you wanted to be a Roman. If you weren't a Roman, you wanted to be one. Citizenship, Roman citizenship was considered precious and people wanted it. Hey, what do I have to do? Why am I not a citizen? Can I be a citizen? I want to be a citizen of Rome. And then wealth happened. Stop me if any of this sounds familiar. Success happened. Rome, because of its incredible system, grew really, really powerful. It began to conquer nations. It was always really a warlike society, but it really began to not just conquer nations, it began to conquer powerful nations around it. Powerful nations. Carthage. Carthage, it's it's an afterthought now, but Carthage was a juggernaut in its time. Rome burned it to ash, took everything. Ah, congrats, it's all mine now. It would be Rome defeating Carthage. It would be the equivalent of us going to war with China right now and not winning a war the way Americans understand winning a war. Winning a war and now, hey, uh, China, yeah, you're mine. Everything you have, all your land, all your assets, it's all mine now. Wrap your mind around how crazy that is. That's the equivalent of Rome beating Carthage. But because of that wealth... Corruption started to seep in. Again, this is America today. These wealthy men in Roman society, the elites, instead of viewing themselves as being the servants of the people, as being the the leaders, uh, servant leaders of the people, as how they at one point in time, at least some of them viewed themselves, they began to import mass amounts of slaves from all these foreign wars. Hey, I know I've got a bunch of workers on my big fancy plantation, but... Why would I keep paying wages? These labor costs are killing me. Instead, I'll just go down to the slave market. I hear we've got some good ones, some Carthaginian slaves. I'm going to go down, buy some slaves. Hey, I can tell them to do whatever. I can beat them. I can kill them if I feel like it. Eventually, Romans, Roman citizens were out of work. And as they began to be out of work and watch the corruption, 
They watch themselves, have no representation in high society. The Roman elites in this society ignored their pleas. Again, stop me if any of this sounds familiar. Told them to sit down, shut up. Any efforts they made to rise or efforts they made to reform things were squashed. And the Romans kept telling them, nope, sorry, the Roman elite, the Roman corrupt scum at the top. And so eventually, that brings us to Trump. Eventually, the Grocky brothers showed up. There were two of them, the Grocky brothers. The Grocky brothers, I don't know their motivation. All we know was bits and pieces from history. I don't know whether they were good guys, bad guys. It doesn't really matter what they were. The Grocky brothers rose and claimed, at least claimed, maybe they really were, to be representatives of the people. This form of government is wrong. The elites are wrong. The system is corrupt. The people deserve better. This has got to stop. And what happened to the Grocky brothers? Not at the same time, actually different times. But what happened to the Grocky brothers? They both died. System killed both of them. Because that's what corrupt systems do. Donald Trump. Again, I don't care whether you love him or hate him. And I'm going to have some words about Trump that you're going to love if you're a Trump fan and you're going to hate if you're a Trump fan and love if you're a Trump enemy and hate if you're a Trump enemy. But Donald Trump is not some end-all, be-all. This is the man who will save us all. Only Trump can do it. That's not what he is. Trump was, to his credit, the first. He was the Grocky Brothers. He was the first to rise up and say things the system didn't want said, to challenge traditional norms that both parties didn't like, end our foreign wars. What? Wait a minute. You want to actually secure the border? That's crazy. Things people hadn't said for a long time in this country. He became a system disruptor. We have a corrupt, despicable, rotted system, and the system viewed and views Trump as a threat. And so they're going to destroy him. Remember, this is not your mommy's show. This is your daddy's show. I don't care if this makes you uncomfortable if you don't like it. They're going to destroy him. They will. Whether it's the Florida indictment or the coming D.C. indictment or the New York indictment or the possible Georgia indictment, they will destroy him. Probably jail. If not, he won't be able to run. Who knows? They will destroy him. And this is where Trump haters will step in and they will say, Yeah, but he was dumb. Why would he load the gun for him? How could you do things like uh, keep the documents? What what was he thinking keeping the documents? Okay, let's let's say I gave you that. Okay, that was obviously not great. But nobody, you, me, myself included, I'm pointing fingers at me here, nobody knew the depth of the rot in the system. Until Trump came along. And it's not that he gets credit for exposing all that. It was the system trying to purge him that exposed all of that. Some he did. Some they did. You'd had, you had no idea. Don't lie. I won't lie to you. I had no idea b- 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 three, four years ago that the CDC was corrupt. What? The, the, the Center for Disease Control. What? How's that possible? You're telling me we have a corrupt CDC? Chris, play cut four. Go. CDC record towers show that CDC officials sometimes flag social media posts which they deem to be misinformation. 
My question is, did the CDC work with private companies to influence the censorship of dissent about vaccines? Um, you know, that topic is one that is under litigation in the courts, so I will not be speaking to that. You didn't have any. That's Rochelle Walensky, former head of the CDC. You didn't know. I didn't know the CDC was corrupt. That got exposed because of the presence of Trump. Otherwise, we would never have known. If Hillary Clinton was president during COVID, none of this stuff would have happened. You didn't know. And I'm not here to tell you Trump's some Machiavellian genius who took on the system and did, did all he could. No, no. He has some great ideas, some great policies, still haplessly naive about what the media is. That's why he sits down with the New York Times all the time. He does not understand truly how evil these people are to this day, which I don't get. He does not understand how to hire and fire the right people to clean it out. But he also didn't get, and nobody got, myself included, how truly evil it all was. We needed a Grocky brother. We needed a Trump first before we can get somebody different. Now, let's discuss where we go from here and if we can stop it. Because what I just said is uncomfortable. I get it. I, I know that. It, it makes everyone uncomfortable. I get it. But it is true. Where do we go from here? What happens from here? Well, let's, again, look back at history. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is The Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday, reminding you tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, even though it's Thursday. So get your questions emailed in now to jesse at jessekellyshow.com jesse at jessekellyshow.com and we're going to talk about can we save it can we stop it can we stop this descent of america here in a few so trump is getting chewed up and spit out by the system it happens he's a system disruptor it'll happen grocky brothers so where do we go from here what happens well once they're done with trump once he's out of politics possibly probably in prison the system will breathe a gigantic sigh of relief because the system, and this is very, the, the Romans did this too during all this uh, time with the Grocky brothers and whatnot. The system has convinced itself of its own superiority, its own popularity, and the system has convinced itself that it's just this one guy. If they could just get rid of Trump, it's just this daggone Trump thing. If, if Trump would go away, Chris, play Jake Tapper, play, play number 17. Go, listen to this guy, play 17. We, um, we do have now some of the sound, as I told you, we're not, we're not carrying his remarks live because frankly, he says a lot of things uh, that are not true and sometimes potentially dangerous. Listen to that dork. The system has convinced itself that once it just gets rid of this Trump tumor, this Trump guy, that everything will be fine again. But the thing is, that's not how it works. And this will probably make you feel better, and it should, maybe. And it depends, depends on how you look at things. That's not how it works. You see, the people who think like you, the people who think like me, we are not a tiny minority. Even if we were a relatively tiny minority, it wouldn't work this way. But when you have half the country, okay, maybe if that's overambitious, what if it's 40%, 30, 40% of the country that think like us? It's higher than that, but let's say it's that. 
That is a large number of people when you consider you're in a country of over 300 million. Let's say there's 150 million people, even 100 million that think like you, that think like me. We will not, I know I will not, and I dang sure know you will not, we will not accept without end living underneath a despicable, disgusting, corrupt system. We will not. The people will inevitably want better. We will demand better. I mean, my goodness, the freaking students are starting to demand better. Let me let me play this for you real quick. This is from the local news. Students, students, middle school students, praise God for them. The next generation of anti-communists, middle school students are revolting against the rainbow demon mob. Chris, 18, go. Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white, and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns, and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption. Okay, Chris, I got, I got we'll play the we'll play the long version later. That's awesome. I love those kids. We need to send them a copy of the book. Anyway, people will not accept this without end. So even once the system is done with the first of the Grocky brothers, another will rise. Maybe this person will be good. Maybe this person will be bad. Probably the person will be, as most of us are, a combination of the two. But the next person who rises, the next system disruptor who rises, will be smarter and meaner than the first one, than Trump. You know why he's going to be smarter and meaner than Trump? Because he will learn, having watched all the ways the system attacked Trump, he will learn from those. He will be smarter. Now, the smarter is actually good, right? We always want smarter. We want the next guy to be smarter, and then the next guy to be smarter, and the next guy to be smarter. The meaner, though, the meaner sounds good and really is good in the short term, but in the end, it doesn't work out very well. The next one will be smarter and meaner, and then they'll crush him too, and then the next one will be smarter and meaner, and then they'll crush him too, and then the next one will be even smarter and meaner. Eventually, you will get one who's too smart for the system. And he will win. The problem with that is he's also going to be meaner than any of the others who came before him. Today, today we still have a whole host of low-T GOPers who don't call them communists, who don't even understand what we're facing. They think that Trump's a big meanie McBean face, and once Trump's gone, it'll be fine. Or we have these weapons-grade dorks like Paul Ryan who still get up behind the microphone and say things like, well, I mean, the culture war stuff, I don't know, it makes me feel icky. It's too divisive. 14, Chris, go. Lawmakers around the country are pushing legislation when it comes to banning books. Um, it could be trans rights. 
call it anti-woke or however you want to label it. Is that a good approach, a good strategy? You're a football fan. Is that the way you should approach it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a culture war guy. Uh, I think it's really polarizing. Look, I, on some of these issues, I'll side, uh, you know, with the anti-woke crowd. But to me, I'm worried about a debt crisis. I'm worried about, you know, the future of our country and, and China. There are big policy problems that we need to tackle if we want to have a great 21st century for this country. You know, what I worry about are the big policy challenges that are going unresolved. Yeah, or I, I, I got worse it, Chris. Well, well, but you know what? I'll dig more into that low TGOP or later. But that that's why they're going to get smarter and meaner. Because this generation of GOP -er thinks that the problem we have is a debt problem. And don't get me wrong. As you well know, we have a huge debt problem. But if you could snap your fingers tomorrow and solve America's debt problem, the debt just magically goes away like a fart in the wind tomorrow after, with the snap of your fingers, but all this cultural filth still remains, then you still don't have a country worth saving at all. So that's why they get smarter and meaner and smarter and meaner and smarter and meaner. And eventually you get somebody who wants to do terrible things, who proposes doing terrible things. And here's the thing. By that point in time, the people are so sick of watching system disruptors be destroyed when he stands up behind a microphone and says, I'm going to do terrible things. It isn't met with groans and cringes. It's met with. Applause. When the real final dictator comes, he will come with the approval of the people. Now, how do we avoid that? Because I say we can. We'll talk about it next hour. Hang on. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.